because they were evildoers and deserved punishment. That's not the way my father works. The sun and rain falls on good and evil alike. No, it will not be the eloquent preacher or the righteous Pharisee who gets into the kingdom first. Rather, the remorseful prostitute, the humble tax collector, the sincere penitent, those people will get to heaven first, Jesus said. You will find salvation through the example of a crucified criminal. Redemption comes not through military victory or political power, but self-sacrificing service. All of these teachings surprised and even befuddled the followers of Jesus. But here was the most challenging one. It is not enough to love those who love you, Jesus told his disciples. One must love one's enemy and do good to those who practice hatred. One must abandon everything to follow me. But do not be fooled into thinking that your efforts will save the world, for I have already overcome the world. In the two millennia since that magnificent prayer of Mary's was composed as an early Christian hymn, the figure of Jesus has been imagined and cast along the lines of almost every major philosophical and cultural trend known to humankind. For example, for the early Romans and pagan detractors of Christianity, Jesus was a bastard son of an Egyptian soldier. For the Hellenistic Greek-speaking world into which the first Jewish Christians moved with missionary zeal, he became the Logos, the seminal principle of reason through which the world had been created and sustained. For the austere theologians of North Africa, such as Tertullian, and for Neoplatonists everywhere, Jesus was the perfect ascetic, a pure spirit trapped in the cage of the flesh and seeking liberation from worldly confines. For the Puritans of Massachusetts Bay, he was the Lamb of God, sacrificed in atonement for the sin of all and for the redemption of the elect. For the founders of the American Republic, he was a great master of the natural law and a great ethical teacher. For 19th century Victorians, he was a civilized, well-mannered gentleman. Jesus was inspirer of crusaders and knights, the nonviolent suffering servant, the prince of peace, and a 60s rock superstar. In the title of a popular 20th century novel, he was The Man Nobody Knows. For readers of the serialized melodramatic novels popular with American evangelicals, known as the Left Behind series, he is the apocalyptic avenger who is coming in the next instant to usher in a millennial kingdom of justice after he finishes vanquishing unrepentant Jews and Muslims as well as backsliding Christians. For biblical critic and one-time Catholic priest, Father Alfred Loisy, Jesus was in his final analysis, quote, a village craftsman, naive and enthusiastic, who believes the end of the world to be near at hand. He appears absurd to us, as our dearest ideas will appear absurd to our children's children. Today, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Sam Harris, and the other neo-atheists who have sold a few hundred thousand diatribes against Christianity in the first decade of the 21st century are kind of the learned heirs of Alfred Loisy. They are today's cultured despisers of religion, but Jesus makes money for them as well. For the vast majority of Roman Catholic, Orthodox, and Protestant Christians, however, Jesus the Christ is first and foremost the Word of God made flesh. 
the second person of the Holy Trinity, whose incarnation and death on a cross redeemed humanity from the ravages of sin and death, and whose resurrection from the dead provides the hope for a world that continues to be torn by violence and betrayal. The historical record about Jesus of Nazareth is spotty. What we know largely comes from people who interpret him through their faith. The son of an elderly carpenter named Joseph and his teenage bride Mary, Jesus was born around the turn of the first century of the Common Era, around the year 6 of the Common Era, and was crucified by Romans around the year 30. Reportedly born in Bethlehem outside Jerusalem, his early years were spent at Nazareth in Galilee, where he apparently absorbed with astonishing insight the written and oral traditions of his Jewish religion. These became the springboard for his own dynamic interpretations of the agency and nature of the one God. His father.